Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of McKnight Tonight. Usually when I talk to someone, I talk about their entire life. But in this episode, I'm talking to TV and radio personality Michelle Laurie about her year from hell, why she gave up a lucrative radio gig and stopped appearing on the project. Michelle is at a crossroads in her life, but particularly wants to share the story of her breakdown, suicide thoughts, and the unexpected person who reached out and made a real difference. Michelle, thanks for being with us. Let's go back to what led you down this interesting path. Where did it all begin? I guess, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't pinpoint where it all began because I didn't know it was happening. I didn't sort of realise it was happening until I was right in the middle of it. But, um, yeah, earlier this year, let's, let's say sort of early 2019, uh, I was in a situation where I was having a breakdown, basically, I think now, looking back. Right. Um, and I was drinking very heavily every night, tweeting. Uh, and um yeah just obviously that's a hideous combination and a terrible place to be and uh my father was dying and um he had been living with me for uh, a couple of years both my parents as his health had deteriorated and that situation had really piqued my anxiety I've always suffered from anxiety but having somebody who is living with you who might fall out of bed in the middle of the night, might fall over in the chook pen in the middle of the day, might fall over at the shops in the middle of the day, just drama like that. Um, I ended up being sort of hyper uh, alert. And so that, that really was tipping my anxiety into the red zone all the time. I would say manic would be the word that I would use for my state of being. And so I started drinking. I've never been a big drinker, but obviously I started drinking to self-medicate to deal with that. Absolutely. And yeah. And did the, um, did the problems you were feeling just come from the personal or were they from work as well? And the pressure of being a known person? Um, not initially, but I certainly, I had to give up working full time in breakfast radio because I couldn't cope with the hours and the pressures at home. I definitely right. knew that at the time. So that was a, a strange situation to be in because I knew that I was giving up a lot of money mm. 
uh, which I also needed, but I just couldn't cope. <laughs> but that's I the just, thing that keeps going, isn't it? The money, yeah. because there's a, there is a lot of money to be made in media and you want to keep, you know, we get used to a certain lifestyle, but mm. at some point your health has to come first. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I had to build a granny flat in my backyard for my parents because the last time that my father was in hospital in ICU and they took us in for the big meeting and, you know, they take you into a, a room with a table with a box of tissues on it and you go, okay, mm. it's going to be that meeting. Um, and they say, look, he's probably not going to survive. And if he does, he won't be able to go home. He'll have to go to a nursing home. Right. Um, but then he pulled it together and the most frightening thing for my parents was the nursing home idea because my mum's very healthy, so it meant that they'd be separated. Yes. So I just thought, okay, well, I have to bring them home with me because, you know, there was nowhere else for them to live. So I had to then turn around, spend a lot of money and build them a house in my garden, you know. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it becomes a really expensive proposition as well mm. to care for your parents. And, yes, yeah, so I needed the money from the job, but I actually physically just couldn't keep up with, with the demands of the job. So and I think people underestimate the demands of a job like that. It's yeah. not only the hours, but there's the pressure that comes from ratings, yeah. you know, and always striving to be number one and the competitiveness of the game and also the promotion. You weren't only doing breakfast radio, you were appearing on the project a lot. Mm. So, yeah. you know. And I'd worked I, hard for a long time. I'd worked mm. really, really hard for a really long time and I'd always enjoyed it, but I just hit a wall. Yeah. You know, and Do you I think, think you were running on adrenaline for a long time and it caught up with you? Well, you know what it's like too in this industry. You you know, you you're sort of so driven by the next job and getting the job and um, keeping the job and the fear of other people coming up behind you and the fear of taking a day off, you know, that yes. whoever replaces you will be great. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I was that person. I just wanted to just keep. So grinding. you were just like everyone else in the media, basically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was just keep grinding, keep working, never take a day off, never, and keep trying to get more jobs. All I wanted to do was yeah. get more jobs, you know. Um, yeah, so, and then I just hit a wall. I just was exhausted and had to stop. And then the drinking came and the tweeting because there was a point where you were getting very active on social media mm. and I did see some confrontation happening on social media. Um, was, was that an outlet and was that affecting you as well? Yeah, because, I mean, the other thing is I did, I did go to South Sudan. Mm. <laughs> yes, you did that whole thing as well. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I've always been, like, active in humanitarian causes. I've always been passionate uh, you know, about causes and politics. But, and I think so going to South Sudan definitely affected me psychologically. And I definitely came home pretty strung out and pretty passionate about what I'd seen. And yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, all of the, and also when I came home, my father had deteriorated a lot in the two weeks, a lot. So yeah, all of that really affected me. And uh, next minute, <laughs> I was literally, I'm laughing because it's so insane. It's like I literally, I was in my bath drinking red wine, tweeting um, 
obscenities at the Prime Minister every night. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And, <laughs> like, yeah, like every night. And initially for weeks and months, people were applauding me. Mm. Yeah, girl, you know, this is great. We're loving the new you. We're loving it. And so that involved... asked, Were they doing that publicly or were they doing that privately? Both. Right. Both and, you know, yeah. I just find it sometimes when you're a little controversial, it's mm. interesting the support you get privately, but those people won't speak up publicly. No, no, it was all... It was all good for a while there. <laughs> and I just, I got very overconfident and it was really filling, it was filling a void. I think yeah. it was, it was filling a void and it was making me feel good. And, um, and it was making me feel, I, I it felt good to be fighting for people and feeling like I was doing that, feeling like yeah. I was fighting for people. And um, yeah, I spent a lot of money, sent a lot of money back to South Sudan, but sent about three times as much as I got paid for the gig on SBS <laughs> back to South Sudan. How that the doesn't AP- surprise me with you, though. You are a very genuine person. You wear your heart on your sleeve. So if you believe in a cause, you're going to do everything you can for that. Well, thank you. But I think it was also part of the mania as well. And, I mean, how the ATO has never, like, investigated... You would think some government would ask why I've sent so much money to South Sudan. I mean, <laughs> like, I would think someone would be interested in why that has happened. <laughs> Not yet. Um, yeah. Best but, you don't ask too many questions on that one. No. And I'm not showing off because I'm now quite broke, by the way. But um, so, yeah, that all happened. And, and then, yeah, I got overconfident and made, made some mistakes one night on Twitter, drunk. Right, and then, and then there was a there was a pile on where um, I insulted some South Sudanese people. Actually, I don't even a remember exactly what happened. Yeah, I don't even remember exactly the protests. What. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, white supremacist protests. And you were asking people not to go because turning up and protesting against those white supremacists would yeah. create a news story, and you were trying to avoid that. Yeah, that was my opinion. Was that. Hmm it's more effective if no one goes, um, it plays better on the media, but in the media, but, um, yeah, because I was so drunk when people started attacking me and saying, stop telling black people what to do. (laughs) I, (laughs) I reacted, you know, and I felt insulted and, um, then it just got out of hand, but then, but then I was deleting my own tweets and stuff. So I really don't even know what happened. Um, oh gosh. And it was- Did anyone reach out to you during that? Because it was obvious. Some, I didn't know you well enough to be honest to, to mm. reach out, but, um, yeah, I mean, there was a little, were standing was, on the sidelines. There was a little, but there was a, a lot of people who, people who I had personally over the years been really generous to and mm. done things for who really put a lot of shit on me. <laughs> There was a lot of piling on me. Right. Yeah. Um, but the purpose of the story, the reason I really wanted to tell the story, honestly, because that sort of started a thing that I ended up being really um, terrified of social media, which I still am actually. And, and, and now I'm um, really frightened of social media. I'm really frightened of 
speaking, I'm sort of in this weird place of like, oh, I just don't want to speak in public at the moment. Um, Which is what you do for a living. Yeah, but I think the world has changed a lot and I think that... um, because I got, I couldn't even apologise. I spent the next two days trying to apologise and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It's not my place to speak. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they, but people wouldn't let me apologise. And then they were accusing me of, they were calling me a, a colonialist and saying they were white woman's tears and, um, like, there was nothing I, I think this say. is a major problem with Twitter because there is this element that just want to pile on anyone who has an opinion and he's actually trying to help. And unless you fit the right demographics of being the right race or anything like that, you're not allowed to actually add to the conversation. And I come back to that genuineness from you. Your intentions are nothing but good. You would, you are an experienced media person who was only trying to help a situation, not get out of control. And it seems crazy to me that people were piling on it on you about that. Well, and I also felt like I, I was overconfident. Like I thought I belonged mm to that group and then I realised, oh, no, no, I don't yeah. belong. I don't belong here, no. Yeah. Um, and so comes, it's interesting yeah. what you say, though, that people that you had helped and reached out to in the past not only didn't return that favour but actually hung shit on you publicly. Yeah. That's pretty rough. It was. It was it was heartbreaking. And I found myself, it's so embarrassing. I found myself crying in my bed, like just devastated, absolutely devastated. And, um, and, and actually like, I would say, uh, I would, I would use the word suicidal. I would actually use that word. And I would say that I found myself thinking about Charlotte Dawson, who I used to contact on social media and say, Charlotte, turn it off. Yeah. They're fucking assholes. They're nobodies. Who cares? They're just stirring you. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Like, just turn it off, mate. Go and do something else, you know? And yet I couldn't do that myself. Like it's I easier was said than done, isn't there. it? And I'd never had that in my life. I'd never been locked in, in like that in my life. Mm. And I... And I suddenly was thinking about her and just thinking, oh, God, this is how she used to get and this is how she got. Mm. Um, and I was in that stupid situation. And But then right in the middle of that, I just I couldn't stop communicating with people on Twitter, either fighting or begging for them to stop or I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, um, Georgie Gardner. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Georgie Gardner, who I do not know, by the way, I have yeah. spoken to her maybe twice, as in interviewed her on the radio, but always thought she's like stuck. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Running and got the best hair ever. <laughs> um, Which is possibly true. <laughs> yeah, right? She's just got such beautiful hair. Um, I always thought she's lovely and wonderful. 
So this is in like January, February. So she's having a hard time herself trying yeah. to relaunch the Today she's Show. She's launched right? the Today Show. It hasn't yeah. exactly gone according to plan. Yeah. She sent me a direct message on Twitter and, again, I, I was pretty drunk so I can't remember the exact words of it, but I just remember it was just so um, kind and not condescending and I remember I sent her one back the following day that said, Georgie, I'm so embarrassed, but I feel like a girlfriend came over last night and took my phone off me and put me to bed. You know? That's beautiful. That's exactly said, what you want. Yeah. I said, I feel like a mate just came over last night and said, all right, that's enough, and took my phone off me and put, tucked me into bed. So she reached out to you and actually made a genuine difference. And was yeah. this, were you actually, was that a night, and forgive me for this, was that a night when you actually really were suicidal and this, you know, yeah. like, was, a, yeah. was a turning point that may have just, you know, when you at that point and you just need someone to reach out, was she yeah. that person who got you through that night? This is so, going to sound so bizarre, but yes. There was something about her message that just, like I was, I was embarrassed, but um, I don't know. There was, you know, normally when you get embarrassed, you get angry, yeah. <laughs> particularly yeah. when you're drunk. <laughs> um, but I don't know. For some reason, I didn't. It didn't make me angry. There was just something about it that I got it. That she was just really kind, and she was just saying, like everyone used to say to Charlotte, "Switch it off, mate. Like, mm. let it go. It doesn't matter. None of this is important. And just go to bed, get some sleep. Um, tomorrow's another day, sort of thing. And um, yeah, so and I did. I just I just switched it off. I put it down. Um, woke up in the morning because I, I was so used to waking up in the morning and thinking, "Oh no, what did I say? What did I tweet last night? What did I call the prime minister? <laughs> what did I? <laughs> what did I? You know?" Um, and just being really embarrassed and waking up and, and deleting them and hoping that people that I really like didn't see them. Um, but, yeah, that morning I woke up and read her messages again and thought, oh, God, what a nice lady. She's got enough to deal with in her actual life. And I had so many real friends who were not stepping in for me, were mm. not contacting me, and I knew they must be seeing it, and they were not and still, frankly, haven't. Um, yeah, like what a nice lady. And I haven't spoken to her again. And I just And sometimes I see things in the media about her saying, oh, focus groups think she's cold or something. And I think, oh, I must try and find a way to tell the world. So that's why I'm telling your podcast <laughs> that, no, I don't know. She's I, just a really nice person. And, and she would never know mm. that just reaching out that night and offering support possibly saved your life. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would have you know, ever done anything, but I mean, my of father, course, maybe not, but my, no, but my father died, you know, on, in early March. Um, and it's, it, it's been sort of a rebuild since then, but it was yeah. just incredibly stressful. He was in hospital for six weeks. Um, it was just incredibly stressful, but it was the culmination of probably yeah. five years of his journey of chronic and, you know, terminal illness and, yeah, just incredibly difficult period of time. And, and as I say, you know, now it ended up in financially difficult. It's just difficult in every way. So, yeah, 
It was like a low point in my life. And Georgie Gardner, of all bizarre people, just took a moment out of her life to be kind to me. It's so weird. I, I do think um, there is a interesting perception about Georgie and she is a very genuine and very nice person. Mm. When Joe Hildebrand had run into, Studio 10 had just launched mm. and he'd made some comments about a hot topic that Rosie Batty took exception yes. And uh, Rosie had her say on Studio 10 that very same day and just took a bit of an issue. And it wasn't, a you know, then it got made, beaten up into a big drama and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things were on the line. And the Today Show got Rosie on to basically try and kick the boot in. But Georgie actually took it upon herself to, because she'd been speaking with Rosie and Rosie was like, Joe's not a bad guy here. This was before they went on. She said, I don't want, I'm not out to get Joe fired or anything like that. And so the first thing Georgie did when she came on with Rosie was she said, now let's be clear, Joe Hildebrand's a good bloke. You don't blame him for this. We're just trying to talk about the issue, aren't we? And that changed the whole narrative, you know, because the current affair were doing stories, people were gunning. They, You know, Studio 10 was a new show. They would have loved to have seen a scout really early on. Mm. But I think that moment with Georgie changed the narrative of, how that story progressed. And, and I still think about that a lot. It's so and funny you bring Joe up because now, you know, Joe and I, I think are still probably locked in a feud because, <laughs> <laughs> um, because, and this is why I can't, I just can't participate in social media anymore. I just cannot. Yeah. And I have someone who runs my social media for me now. I don't have the passwords, so I literally cannot <laughs> use it if I get drunk and think, this, That's is safe. Really, this is a smart thing to tell the Prime Minister from the bar. <laughs> I can't do it. Because I remember then, you know, Joe wrote this really fantastic piece about um, George Pell after George was found guilty um, and that story finally broke and <clears throat> it had a terrible headline. The headline was, what is George Pell really guilty of? And it was a really great article with a terrible headline. Yes. And the first thing happen. I, yeah, and, and the first thing I wrote, I, I can't remember which platform I wrote it on was, you know, what a shit headline. What he's really guilty of is um, sexual assault of children. You know, that's yep. what he's really guilty of. We don't have to look any further. But then I went back to it and wrote, I should, you know, say that I really love the article. It's a really good article. And sometimes you don't even choose your own headline and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Oh my God. Joe got so furious with me for hating the headline. And he called me every fucking piece of shit over the sun. And I just think, yeah, oh my God, he went nuts. And I was like, I was trying to say, I really loved your piece. (laughs) You know what? In his defense. Yeah. You know what it's like when there's a pile on. And he probably that day was copying a huge pile on about yeah. that article. Yeah, he did. He accused me of unleashing my troll army or something crazy. I was like, dude, I really love the peas. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think, probably lost sight of that. And that's the point, isn't it? That yeah. we don't know what's going on in each other's lives. Yeah. And we all get on this platform and we have these arguments and people will accuse you of the most vile hateful stuff yeah you know you say one thing and you're labeled a racist or you're labeled this or you're labeled that you know it's it's a very dangerous and usually from accounts with no actual name to them they're all anonymous accounts but the thing is you would think joe you've known me well enough 
that where's the benefit of the doubt? And that's often what's missing, the benefit of the doubt. It's so true. And it's, it's also, you know, there's no credit, um, you know, around this racism furor, you know, people calling me racist and calling me a colonialist. And, and I had people, what upset me was I've got these young people on Twitter telling me that I need to educate myself and that, that I should go and protest and educate myself. And I'm thinking, I was protesting literally before you were born, motherfucker. <laughs> so... For real now, in the late 80s, I was protesting. So seriously, like, you know, it's so, it's like there's just no credit for anything. There's no um, context. There's no depth. There's no, so I just can't do it. I can't do it. So now I've just, you know, put myself in such a nice situation where I'm working at Save the Children and I'm filling in at ABC Radio. So I'm just surrounded by people every day who don't think about themselves. Like no one I work with thinks about themselves. And yeah. it's extraordinary. It's just the best <laughs> environment. It's incredible, you know. It's a really yeah, ABC, good. a great place to work, eh? Oh, yes. It's <laughs> full of people who could work anywhere. Yeah. They could work in any commercial environment and make more money. Yes. Same with Save the Children. Mm. All of the people that Save the Children could, could go and do what they do anywhere, but they choose to do it in a not-for-profit organisation. Um, just this morning I sent, because I'm still getting used to the email system, I sent an, an email to the whole office, which I meant to <laughs> one person. I did that thing, right? <laughs> so I was trying to book a room to do this conversation that you and I are having now. I was trying to book an office to do it, right? And I was, instead of sending it to the receptionist to say, can I book room two or whatever, I sent it to the whole office. Can I book <laughs> and, and I start to get all these lovely messages back. Michelle, I think you've accidentally sent that to the whole office. <laughs> and I said to them, oh, this is very different to a radio station. I said, if yeah. I did that in radio, I said, I've got a good one, dickhead. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they're just, they're so beautiful. They're so sweet. Well, I'm glad you're in a lovely place where you're, yeah, you're actually places. being, a, you're actually able to rebuild. And I think that's the key. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I applaud it and I get it, you know, and I think there's a lot of people in the industry, the media industry who do get it. I, it's really interesting. The stories I'm hearing of people struggling and what's going on out there. So I'm really, you know thankful. what? I'll social media, we know that social media is making uh, our community and our society harsher, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's definitely making the media harsher, don't you think? I think it's... Yes. I was reading Julia Morris made some comments recently about, you know, she said it's a tough time to be on television because of social media. And I thought, oh, babe, you're so right. It's, um, you know, in the past we used to sit in our lounge room and say to each other, oh, God, she looks fat in that. Yes. But we didn't try and track her down and tell her that she was mad in that or that we hate her (laughs) or that, you know, we wish she wasn't on that show. But now it's it's just outrageous the way people want to really want to tell us all the time how much they hate us. Yeah, and we because we've got more access to celebrities. Yeah. Because they're they're engaging on Twitter and Mm. we're totally abusing that situation. And I've always, it has always struck me that if you don't like something don't or don't like someone, don't watch or listen to them. Yeah. Don't watch the show they're in, but it's not like that. People now, it's this thing, if I don't like it, it should not be on the air. It should not be happening. We live in a crazy time for sure. Yeah, people want to destroy our careers and people will yes. say that to us on social media. They will say to us, 
I, you know, I want you sacked. You should be off the air. I'm going to phone, you know, the project and make sure that you are sacked. You, yes. you are finishing your career right now. It's like, wow. It is. You really think that after 25 years of hard work, I should lose everything I have. That's mm. what you really want for me right now because you didn't like what I said about veganism. Really? <laughs> and that's it. We live in the age of everyone wanting everyone else sacked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's cruel. It's cruel, man. But, uh, yeah, look, you know, living through that, uh, look, all of that. But then, as I say, and then this, this nice lady who's got her own dramas to just think, oh, poor Michelle, I'm just going to send her a nice message and say, go to bed, bub. Come on now, off to bed, <laughs> off to night eyes. <laughs> very Georgie, very mums. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful person. And I'm glad to say that I've, yeah, been able to pull my head together, stop the drinking, stop the tweeting from the bath. The Prime Minister must be very relieved, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, what a nutty, nutty time. I well, hope you're better. I hope everyone's doing better. I hope, you know. I think uh, 2019 is the year of recovery. Good. I think for everyone, for a lot of people in my life, myself included, I think 2019 is the year we get our shit together yeah, and get yeah. ready for 2020. And I can see you're doing that. Yeah. And I wish you nothing but success. And if I ever see you losing it on Twitter, I will reach out now. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and who gave you the password? Stop it. <laughs> yes. But you are a beautiful person. You deserve every success. So let's see what the next couple of years bring you. Thank you so much, my darling. Thank you. Fun, insightful interviews from a watched up producer with nothing to lose. Night tonight, but night tonight, but night tonight. It's good night from, but night tonight. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.